Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Welcome, guys. For all who have joined live and those watching in different parts of the country and the world, welcome. And watching a recording of the broadcast later on. It's pretty hot. I have a paper towel inside me here so I don't look like a slob during the live broadcast and people are back at home. But uh, welcome, great to be with you. Um, So for Mother's Day, we went to this fancy brunch restaurant and I was telling my wife how excited I was. I was preparing for Mother's Day. I booked in like two months in advance. When we got there, there were people waiting in line and the, the, the wait was about three hours. Uh, and it was one of those snooty, you know, British type of places where you need to be on your best behavior, which my children are not usually, or myself, maybe three boys taking the mother. And um, so I was really excited. I looked at the menu. We ordered salmon, eggs benedict, the best uh, blueberry pancakes we ever eaten before, and other stuff in the menu. We just ordered the whole menu. And it was like paradise, you know? Like, if I could think of heaven, it's like eating brunch in the morning with the people you love. How many people like brunch like that? And we're there, and it's amazing moment together. Right when the waiter brings all the food, lays it on the floor, I'm trying to take a picture. You know what I'm saying? I, I get It's Insta-worthy, and my wife's like, stop touching it. And I'm like, why? I've been telling you about this place. I'm trying to get a picture to appreciate her. But she's like, stop. Because for her, internally, we talked about this afterwards, and then Nathan interrupted us in the minute and goes, this is warfare. We gotta pray right now. Like it's not warfare. Your mom is just being hard, difficult. Like always. It's like it's like, but dad, this French toast is really good. You should try some here. <laughs> and for whatever reason, in that moment of a picture perfect day, the best day of your life, there's trouble in paradise. That in summation, sums up the idea of John chapter 10. In the very beginning, there was a snake, a serpent in the garden, in the book of Genesis, the beginning, the summation of the narrative of Christianity. And in Revelations, you are encountering a dragon. Apostle Paul says that We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the rulers of this dark age. A lot of times in modern times, Christians live in a spiritual fog and don't realize that there is a thief. Tell someone in your blanket, there's a thief. 
And if you look at the motif in scripture, the thief comes in your best moments during your anniversary. You hate each other. You ever try to eat food when you're angry at each other? It tastes like cardboard. The only person that likes cardboard is probably my dog. They eat that dog food. I tried it once. It tastes terrible. But a lot of times believers live in this spiritual fog and don't realize. They think that it's just the marriage is difficult. The relationship is difficult. The friendship is difficult. The church is difficult. The leaders are difficult. My mom is difficult. When a different layer to that is that there's an enemy, a foe, a snake in the beginning in the garden, and a dragon in the city. And if you look at the motif, the enemy grows in stature. It's a little snake, and then it grows to a dragon. And that's why in your best moments, when you're about to celebrate the moment, you have to be alert or the thief will come seal your joy. The thief will whisper lies that bring depression, that bring heartache. And so there is no way for there to be gospel flourishing in our lives apart from growing in spiritual discernment. That's what John 10 is about. Now, during the summer, as we move back, during the pandemic, meet back at church, the enemy will whisper lies at the best moments. Sometimes we have a hard time distinguishing those voices. Is it me? The triangulation of God's voice, my voice, and the evil one's voice. The, the fact is, if you are a believer and you're even a seeker and you don't grow in spiritual discernment, there's no way you can flourish in your walk with God. There's no way you can fulfill the assignment that God has given your life. Because what? You'll always be in a fog and you'll always be discouraged. And eventually what? What does discouragement lead to? Attrition and despair. And then the enemy goes, why do you even do this? Carry heavy stuff, 90 degree temperature. Move all the stuff back and forth. Why are you carrying this heavy equipment around? What is the point? I don't even love these people. And the dark voices become my voice and my voice. Now the problem that wasn't your problem becomes your problem. So I'm just going to give you two takeaways from John 10. That's simple. So let's turn to the text. Just from one. To verse 10. So the point and then the lesson. So what's the point of this analogy? The point of John 10 is simple. First, the point is loss prevention. Anyone work in retail before? The point of this analogy of the shepherd and the thief and the wolf is all about loss prevention. That's the point of these whole texts, verse 1 to 10. Jesus says the word thief or robber five times, just in 10 verses, which means he packs it in. Watch out for the thief. Watch out for the robber. Watch out for the thief. Watch out for the robber. Watch out for the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy in John 10, 10. 
Why? Jesus says the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the point. The enemy desires to steal your joy, your God-given potential, and your assignment that God has given you. If you're in a spiritual fog, hearing lies, no one cares about you, no one understands you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then you get discouraged. How does the sheep, if you look at verse 12, 13, Jesus says that the wolf, the, the way they hunt is to isolate community. Because in this text, Jesus is talking about middle class families with few sheep. And in, in ancient times, what these villages used to do is they would have a pen where they put all their sheep in together to guard them. And there will be a watchman so a wolf doesn't kill them. Why the enemy attacks is because your God-given potential, the redemptive potential in every single person next to you. Look at the person next to you. Well, they don't look like much. <laughs> no, they have God-given potential to do amazing things for this world. And the enemy wants to steal. And he knows his appointed time is coming where he will be punished and judged. Just like in the New Testament, when Jesus shows up in the scene, the light comes into the darkness. A demon says, did you come to torture us before the appointed time? So what is the enemy's goal? The enemy's goal is like the Joker's goal in Dark Knight, to create havoc, to take down many as he can because he has not given that redemptive potential. So I remember... When I was in high school, I lived in the city, and every weekend we would go South Street Seaport. Because at South Street Seaport, they had Banana Republic, and they had J. Crew. And in the 90s, they had this Banana Republic t-shirt with the lizard on the pocket. Now, many of you might remember that or not, but that was cool back then, okay? And um, we would go shopping, there was this all, you know, all the guys in our youth group love this girl at J. Crew, so we would go there just to say hi. Um, and you know, it's just that when we were kids, J. Crew looked like all the perfect people worked there. So my aspirations in life, more than was to work for J. Crew one day. And you know, I just thought that those people, man, they look so good in those clothes, you know. And I remember getting hired at J. Crew at college. This is why I could fold better than my wife. I'm an expert folder, laundry person. That's how I burn my calories during the day. Now, but I thought that when you work for J. Crew, they would teach you how to like catwalk, you know, wear the clothes. I thought that when you go in, you know, it's, they give you actually $500 worth of clothes to, to wear, to work. It's one of the reasons why I liked it. But there was a five hour course in loss prevention. It's like, I didn't sign up for this. And there's all different types of how revenue streams, the greatest threat to the business is people stealing product. I was like, this is so boring, loss prevention. But in many ways, a lot of believers don't understand this about their life. How much value you inherently possess of what you can be, who you are, your assignment, and you don't think that there's an enemy. Oh, who's gonna, who's gonna think I'm a threat? 
the relationships you're in, the workplaces you're situated in, that God has placed you, you are supposed to be the light. And the enemy attacks because of that value. But a lot of times, we don't think that. What's God's vision for your workplace? You. Me? Yeah. Jesus says that he sends you into the darkness. And that's why the enemy attacks, because of that value. And tell someone next to you, don't be a sucker. No, tell them, no, don't be a sucker. Because there's a sucker born every minute. And the truth is, usually most Christians are usually stuck in the same spiritual maturity level because they're in a spiritual fog for most of their life. They don't understand that there's a war. <laughs> right? C.S. Lewis says in Amir Christianity, I bring this up, enemy-occupied territory. This is what the world is. The rightful king landing in disguise. So if you, if you don't understand that there's a war and you're being shot at, you could be living in spiritual fog. And what? Your destiny will be stolen from you. Your potential will be stolen from you. The seed of God will be stolen from you. Because that's the whole point of the parable of the sower, right? The, the seed of God can't even grow in you because it's stolen from the very beginning. The birds come, take it. And all people always complaining about God. When are you going to do this in my life? Well, how, how is that seed going to flourish? The seed cannot become a tree overnight if it's not nourished into you. And that's the whole point. The, the enemy's strategy is to steal the seed before it can grow. Can you imagine what would happen if God's seed in you grew to his full potential? You would bring light into the darkness and power the kingdom of God in its full strength. Amen? So think about this. Ask this question. What is the enemy trying to steal from you this year? This week. C.S. Lewis says in Screw Tape Letters that a lot of times we find this humorous, a demon writing to his nephew. Humans always think that we're putting things into mortals' minds when our best work is done by keeping things out. So you think that it's just your voice. And that's the second lesson that we can go into a transition. So what's the lesson? Well, Jesus says this. Anyone, in verse 1, who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate. Now there's a gate because all the families would put all the sheep in one place to, what, preserve resources together. But climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Jesus also says in the New Testament that he will come back like a thief in the night. If you knew someone was to rob you, would you protect yourself? If you knew that someone's going to harm you, would you put in a defensive stance? Yes. The whole scandal and mystery of the foe is that you don't know when the thief is coming. It's overt. That's why there's a gatekeeper. So let me ask you a question. Is there, are you, is there a gatekeeper in your life? Are you the gatekeeper of your life? If you have value, there's going to be an enemy. There's going to be a threat. And, the enemy, and a lot of Christians live most of their lives like, well, yeah, you know, God's going to do it. 
or uh, like we sound like dull people in how we process the inner life. But truthfully, we have to grow because you don't know when the thief is coming. That's the whole point of the gatekeeper. So the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. When he has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them and his what? Sheep follow him because they know his voice. The whole growth of AI technology, there's EV market, the electronic vehicle market, but the other growing massive market in the service economy is what? AI is voice recognition technology. If you get a new phone, Siri, Siri will ask you to say, hey Siri, hey Siri. Well, what is Siri trying to do? Alexa 2, okay, Alexa 2. <laughs> For you Google, I mean, Google users. Just kidding. But what's the AI technology, what's the voice recognition trying to do? It's trying to adapt and establish a pattern. So algorithms are created in AI to detect and learn to be familiar with your voice. So it can be efficient, the efficacy of that, developing that pattern. That has to happen in our inner life. We have to learn to recognize God's voice. And you know what? The truth is, a lot of people can recognize God's voice pretty easily because it's aligned to the Word of God. God's going to affirm you in your identity as the beloved. God's going to come. He's going to be loving, gentle, and kind. The problem is, the hard part is distinguishing our voice, our own voice from God's voice, and then our voice from the enemy's voice. And now, they're taking the AI technology to security, right? Loss prevention, like banks and credit card companies are using voice recognition technology to what? Prevent theft. So, in our life, we have to begin to what? Learn to discern that trifecta. God's voice, my voice, and the enemy's voice. Because you know what? The enemy's voice is not, like I say this all the time, it's not going to sound demonic. It's not going to sound explicit. It's not like the conjuring, right? Or the exorcist, where it curses at you and possesses your body. Because, you know, if you go to Africa, there are buses in the news that are shut down roads because of demonic possession. It's just a country state issue. They don't question the paranormal because it's a reality there. It's much easier for the enemy to influence the United States Western mindsets because we, what, this don't believe in the paranormal or the spiritual. So we go, yeah, that, that doesn't exist. That doesn't work like that. It's better to be overt. How many intelligence agencies are there in the United States? We still can't agree on anything, but I mean, for, for the threat of cyber warfare, the threat of many different things, different interests at war versus other nations. It's all overt. And that's the whole point of loss prevention. How do I start, how do I stop something overt? You got to, what, develop that growth in recognizing the different voices. That's something we have to grow in. And when, if we recognize the enemy voice, then what? We need to block it. We need to rebuke it in Jesus' name. Take every thought captive. 
to the foot of Christ. If you don't learn that, then the Christian life will be a cycle of despair, discouragement. Discouragement, despair. What happens if you're discouraged and despair in that cycle? You give up. You know what? I don't really feel like going to church today. I'm just going to sleep in. I, I don't really feel like talking about God. You know what? I'm just going to stop this. The whole point is to wear you out through the battle of attrition. To isolate you. So the question is, this is a little chilling, but whose voice are you really listening to in your life? God, your own, they're the enemy. Because they have detrimental consequences, right? Obviously, God's, you'll grow. Your own, you'll learn to reflect in our life. But the enemy, it'll sway you and direct you, steer you into very dark places. Again, as we close today, you can't get gospel flourishing apart from what? Growing in spiritual discernment. And bind that spiritual fog. Amen? I stand and pray together. My paper towel is soaked. <laughs> Sorry, it's gross. Right now, will you just lift your hands with me to the Lord? And I want you to press in, even in this heat, for just about a minute. And now, for many of you guys in this part today, in our church, you're cognitively probably pretty brilliant in many ways. Well, not that brilliant, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Your, your cognition is probably heightened in many ways through education, critical thinking. Sometimes that could get in the way of the spiritual life too. Will you pray today, God, I want to grow in my spiritual discernment. Tell someone next to you, don't let the enemy punk you. The truth is, you get punked a lot, right? We, we get punked a lot. Right? I was getting punked in the Mother's Day. My son was telling me, this is warfare. I'm like, no, it's not. It was. That's the whole point of the thief. The thief comes in the night. The whole point of Asian hate when people are being attacked, they don't know they're going to be attacked or they will be prepared. That's how the enemy attacks. And, but in, in the inner life, you don't see it explicitly. So therefore, you might not even know. There's some of us that are struggling very deeply. The whole point of cognitive behavior therapy, right? Many people go into counseling. CBT is that there's this common misconception, what Aaron Beck learned. And we think our feelings control our thinking, but when it's the other way around. God hardwired the brain to be the main system of how we process information, how we process experience. The evolution of human consciousness begins with cognition and then affects emotion. So that's where the inner life starts in the mind. It's the battlefield of the mind. 
What does Jesus say? What does Paul say? We have to be, be renewed in our mind, be conformed to the image of Christ. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be renewed. So let's make this our prayer. Father, we want to, as we close today, pray to learn about the spiritual fog that comes over our lives. I don't think there's anyone here that wants to reach their full potential and fulfill their assignment that God has created them for, their purpose. Father, I pray that this summer you protect us from losing what you've called us to do, to be. There is, it's indisputable that why the world is struggling with depression. Sometimes we like to medicalize trauma, medicalize depression, but there is a, in that layer, there is part of the spiritual side of things. that snake that began the summation of the enemy in the garden and the dragon in the book of revelations don't become so cognitive in your thinking that you forget that our struggle ultimately cosmologically is not against flesh and blood I, and i know the enemy will point people out to us don't dare the problem this politician is the problem. This party system is the problem. These people are the problem. In the big picture, it's not against flesh and blood. I pray for awakening 
And like J.K. Rowling says, today, this summer, the mugalization would end. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, amen. Keep cool, guys. There's ice water there. Enjoy the picnic today. God bless. I'm a member here at 1A Church, and we're so glad that you were able to attend today's service with us. Um, there are a few community news that I'd like to share with you all. The first announcement is about our tithes and offering. We want to remind all of our members here at 1A Church to keep God in the center of your life, which includes your finances. You guys can do so through the online payment method shown on the screen. You can give through Venmo at Church 180, Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv, or if PayPal is your preferred method of giving, you can head over to our website at 180church.tv where there is a link to donate through PayPal. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline at 180 Church, which is available on text at 5397prayer and also via email at prayer at 180church.tv. This is a resource for everybody and especially during this difficult time where we need some prayer and support, there is a prayer team that's ready to help you and to pray for all the requests that you may have. Um, if your prayers have been answered, you can also share them on the text hotline and we can celebrate the good news together. Next up is about small groups at 180 Church. These are smaller pockets of our community that meet on a weekly basis where we can dive a little bit deeper into the word and share how the message from that Sunday uh, spoke to us. We have a few different groups that are all meeting virtually now. And if you're not currently connected with a group, you can reach out to Pastor Billy at the email shown on the screen and he can get you plugged in into a group for you. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180 Church. Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. We also have the 180 Church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends, where you can tune into a conversation and a dialogue that goes into goes into the word a little bit deeper with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu, who's a member of our community here. It's always a great time just listening to them um, converse about how the message has spoke to them and has impacted them, and you can see how it can do the same for you. We also have a virtual 180 Cafe on the Discord app where you guys can come hang out at any time in different groups on different channels and it's an easy way to stay connected with the community and also check in with one another. As you might have seen on our social media channels, we launched a care package delivery service called 180 Cares and this is a great way to um, show appreciation and love to the people in our lives that, mean, that may need some encouragement. If you'd like to send one of these boxes or just want to learn more, you can go check out our website at 180church.tv slash 180cares. And lastly, if you've been blessed by our Sunday worship led by Pastor Lydia, 
you can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we've featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.